0: Hello, everybody. It is Michael back with another episode of the Under Pressure Podcast. I appreciate you guys' support on the show a ton. Preseason is wrapped up. Official games will be starting tomorrow, actually. It's really, really exciting. I will let you guys know ahead of time. There will be no episode on Friday, Friday's Christmas. So I'll be waiting to record. Uh, on saturday hope you can understand that and yeah we got a lot to talk about on this episode we're gonna do some preseason wrap-ups talk about um some preseason awards for me uh we're gonna do some nba over-unders top 10 duos talk about some nfl games and yeah let's get right into the episode first i want to talk about my preseason awards for 2020-2021 2020 2021 NBA preseason first MVP I got John Morant John Morant performed excellently uh in this preseason was the leading uh uh in assist for the 2020 preseason averaging almost 10 per game averaged 9.8 uh his team went 3-0 he averaged a good amount of points as well averaged about 17 he was just performing very very well and i gotta give a ton of credit to john morant for how he played he sh- shot the ball pretty efficiently everywhere was getting to the free throw line well uh even rebounding a little bit he was just doing absolutely everything out there for the grizzlies and he was helping them win basketball games so gotta give a ton of props to john morant for how he played in the 2021 uh, nba preseason i was really impressed number two i got zion williamson did only end up playing in two games but was incredibly impressive in those two games he did play in i mean he averaged 28 and a half points got to the free throw line 11 times per game and shot a really good percentage as well which was um that was concerning is his free throw shooting but he shot 77 percent from the line so that was really nice to see as well averaged 10 rebounds three of those being offensive two assists as well and he just seemed to really be fully on locked. He wasn't on a leash anymore. He wasn't having to play a certain amount of minutes. He played 33 and a half minutes per game uh, and he really showed everything that he could be uh, this season. I think Zion is in for a massive season. As long as he can stay healthy, he's going to just be an unstoppable force this season so i'm really really excited to see how he performs and then at number three i had to give some love to Taylor horn tucker i mean he performed excellently in preseason even when lebron and ad came back he was still an important part of the rotation playing some pretty solid minutes and performing very well the lakers went three and one he averaged 20 and a half points shot the ball very efficiently from three on 3.3 attempts, 55% from the field, uh, got six and a half rebounds, three assists, 2.3 steals. He was playing better defense than I expected. I was just overall super impressed by the way Taylor Horn Tucker performed and got to give him some love for the MVP of the preseason. For Rookie of the Year, we got Cole Anthony. Uh, Cole Anthony just performed very, very well in the preseason. Definitely uh, beat out my expectations. He was shooting the ball pretty efficiently. Didn't have like a great first game, but after that, bounced back and just played very, very well. Uh, he was scoring the ball well, d- doing all the things you would expect out of uh, Cole Anthony, but just performing uh, very well, playing some good basketball. Uh, and uh, I like what I saw from him a ton. He was doing some really nice things and yeah gotta give some love to cole anthony for the rookie of the year of the preseason and number two i had uh, to give some love to isaac okoro he performed very very well definitely beat out my expectations was shooting the three ball pretty well which is something that i definitely didn't expect from him was efficient three-point shooting and that was a, my one just big worry about him was his uh, ability to shoot the three ball Uh, But he shot a pretty solid percentage, and he was doing all the things that you would expect out of Isaac Okoro, playing really good defense, uh, and then attacking the basket well. He was showing off his playmaking ability, which I think is a really underrated part of his game, is his ability to playmake. And he's never going to be like a big uh, time assist guy. He's never going to average a ton of assists, but he's averaged uh 2.3, got 1.3 steals a game, playing that really good perimeter defense that everybody knows he's capable of doing. And yeah, I was really impressed by how he performed. And then at number 3, uh, I had to show some love to Danny Dia. He performed really really well in the preseason. Uh, In his three games, he uh, averaged 10.3 points, was showing off that playmaking, only averaged 2.3 assists, but threw some really nice passes in there, Uh, shot the three ball really well, which was something that everybody was worried about coming in uh, to the draft for him was his ability to shoot the three ball. But He shot 3.7 per game and shot 45.5%. That was really nice to see. His form looked nice. He looked confident. Like, you... I loved everything I saw out of Denny. He was playing good defense, as uh, that's something I definitely expected out of him. He's just super smart on that side of the ball, while having uh, the physical tools as far as length to be a really good defender as well. So I really like what I saw from Denny Adia. Uh There was a ton of rookies I could have given love to, but I wanted to give some love to, I feel like, some people that uh, weren't being talked about that much. Like, I could have just said uh, LaMelo, but... I wanted to show some love to these guys, and I think they all deserved it. They performed very, very well. And now for most improved player, I had to give number one to Talen Horn-Tucker. I mean, he went from a guy who uh, only played about six games for the Los Angeles Lakers last year to someone who looked like he could legitimately be in the rotation and getting some big minutes and looks like he would be deserving of those minutes. Uh, I mean, he just performed so well in preseason. And this was a big moment for Talen Horn-Tucker. Uh, because on a stacked Los Angeles Lakers team that has gotten even better in the offseason he was gonna need to perform very well to make his case for why he should be in the rotation and he absolutely did that he took advantage of all the extra minutes that he was given and he performed great so definitely had to show him some love for the most improved player uh, number two, I had Kobe White. He just played pretty well in the preseason as a whole. Average 16.5 points on pretty good efficiency, 45% of the field, 48% from three on 6.3 attempts. Was hitting some really tough off the dribble threes, which I definitely like to see. Uh, he was playmaking a little bit as well his vision has definitely gone better still not perfect by any means and it's still something that worries me about a backcourt of Zach Levine in him but his playmaking is improving and I just expect him to take a big uh, leap as a scorer because he's so talented uh, at, as a scorer and on the offensive side of the ball as a whole I like what I saw from Kobe White quite a lot and my last one is Shake Milton. Shake Milton played some great basketball in the preseason. Averaged 17 points, uh, shot the three ball really well, 45.5%, four, 54.5% from the field. Uh, averaged four assists as well. He played really well against the Celtics. He just played really well, honestly, in every uh, game that the Philadelphia 76ers had. And I'm excited to see him play this year. I think he's going to be a really nice to spark off the bench for them. Uh, he's not going to have to play that role when Ben Simmons was out of being like the main uh, playmaker for them. He's just going to be uh, who he is, which is a scorer off the bench. And I think he's going to fit that role perfectly. Really like what I saw from Shake Milton. Now getting in to some players that really impressed me uh, in the last couple of preseason games. First, I want to talk about kz akpala the miami heat have just found their next gem and he was some someone i was definitely super intrigued uh about and i thought i saw some talent that could be really interesting coming out of college for him and he uh put that on full show uh, when Jimmy Butler was resting in the preseason and he got the start, he played 34 minutes and he played phenomenally in those minutes. Scored 24 points on 60% of the field, 60% from three, uh, pulled down five rebounds as well. He was just doing absolutely everything out there for the Miami Heat, especially on the offensive side of the ball. And I was super impressed By his ability to hit shots off the dribble. uh, While also being a good catch and shoot shooter. And just the confidence that he showed uh, as a three point shooter. He still has uh, great length as well. So he could shoot over guys. He can attack the basket well. He's got a really slick handle too. He's just super skilled. And honestly I'm surprised uh, he slipped as low as he did. Like he didn't have the craziest college career. Uh, by any means, but he had a pretty solid one, and he showed those skills that uh, could be really special in the league, and he sh- showed this in the preseason game as a big wing who can play defense, who can handle the ball really well, who can create his own shot, and who can shoot the three ball pretty well. And the Miami Heat are very high on Casey Ocpola. I actually saw something where I don't know if this is 100% a reliable source, but they had him uh, as their 10th prospect on uh, their big board when they had Tyler Hero ninth. And KZ slipped that low and they were able to get him. And just with the history of the Miami Heat, like I 100% expect KZ to be a really good player at some point and be an important part of their rotation because they've just consistently developed these type of guys so well into making them great shooters, or great defenders, and KZ already had those skills coming into the league, so if they can just continue to enhance it and then put him in the best position, which they're 100% going to do with a coach like Eric Sposter at the helm of it, I think KZ is going to be a player that hits the rotation this year, even if he's not a big-time rotation player. I think he's going to play some rotational minutes for the Miami Heat, and he's going to be an important part of their future as a guy who's on a super cheap contract and uh, I just love that the Miami Heat continue to find gems like a guy like Casey Aqbala. And it's super impressive. you got to give a ton of uh, credit to all the scouts there. And then the development and coaching staff as well. Because we've consistently seen them do these type of things uh, over and over again. With Tyler Hero being a later pick. Bam Adebayo being a later pick. Duncan Robinson undrafted. uh Kendrick Nunn, undrafted. There's so many guys they found late uh, that have been impactful players for them, and uh, if they can continue to do that with a guy like uh, Kaziak Paula, that's going to be even better because they're already such a good team, and then you just continue to add to that. Because he's not going to be a guy that takes away from any of the other guys either. Because even though he does have a nice handle and he can create his own shot off the dribble, at least to begin his career, he's going to be a catch and shoot guy mainly. So he's just going to do nothing but add to the spacing of this roster, bring them more shooting, and bring them a nice little spark off the bench. Loved what I saw from Casey Acapola in his uh, big breakout game for the Miami Heat. Now talking about Emmanuel quickly for the New York Knicks, I was super impressed by his last performance in preseason. It was a massive blowout against the Cleveland Cavaliers, where like they were winning by like 50 at one point. It was it was a rough one, but uh, you definitely can take the positive with Emmanuel quickly out of this entire game and how he performed. He played excellent in this one. Shot 7 of 12, 3 of 5 and 3. Got to the line 7 times as well. 5 assists, 5 steals, 22 points, a plus 41. Like He was just doing everything out there for the New York Knicks. And it was really uh, nice to see him get the starting opportunity with uh, a lot of guys resting and uh, a lot of their older players not playing uh, big minutes. So that was awesome to see him get the start and play so well, take full advantage of that. He's a guy who's definitely pretty, pretty talented and i thought was a pretty good pick for them he is someone who can shoot the three ball very very well good defender as well has always reminded me of like a josh richardson type of player who isn't a big time shot creator but can do it from time to time but you're most impressed by his ability as a three and d player and i mean we saw that was his ability to hit three or five threes and then get five steals as well he's playing really good perimeter defense he's someone who i expect to get in the passing lanes but also be an aggressive one-on-one defender who really gets uh, up in your grill and it was cool to see him take full advantage of his starting opportunity i'm excited to see where he fits into the rotation uh, going into the season because they do have some guards ahead of him so he's gonna need to fight for every minute and i think that's uh, good for him that he's going to need to fight for every minute it's not going to be given to him and I think he's going to earn those, those minutes because he's a talented guy he definitely took a big leap at Kentucky last year after having a pretty disappointing uh, freshman season so he's definitely uh, clearly a hard worker and I'm excited to see what happens with uh, Emmanuel quickly going into the future this was a really good way to finish off preseason for him after not getting much opportunity in the first game, and then uh, just shooting it really inefficiently in the second, getting some momentum, playing a really good game. I uh, I loved what I saw out of Emmanuel quickly in the last preseason game for the New York Knicks. Now getting into my top ten duos for the 2021 NBA season. First, starting off with some honorable mentions. Uh, first being Kyle Lowry and Pascal Siakam. They're a very good duo. Uh, definitely was in heavy consideration, but I just don't think they have the top tier uh, star power to be a top 10 duo in the league because both of those guys are around uh, top 20 to 25 players in the league, uh, but neither of them would even be in consideration to be in my top 20, never mind my top 15. So they just don't have that top-tier star power, but they are a very good duo at the end of the day. And then you got Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, who are in a bit of a similar situation where they're both very, very good players, but I just don't think they have that number one guy. Like, Donovan Mitchell's a great player. Rudy Gobert is a great player. They're, I didn't have Rudy Gobert a top 25 player, same thing with Donovan Mitchell, but they don't have that top-tier talent. Uh, Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum next. Uh, it's just their limitations on the defensive side of the ball that uh, I have to put them this low. I just don't think they're ever going to be good enough on the defensive side of the ball to be uh, an elite, elite duo. Like They're obviously great, and they've consistently helped this Portland Trail Blazers uh, team be a playoff team every single year Damian Lillard is a near top 10 player in this league CJ McCollum is one of the better uh scores but as a backcourt who really just can't play defense and hasn't done anything super significant other than consistently be a playoff team and had that one Western Conference Finals run that's why I put him here uh James Harden and John Wall I just think James Harden is going to get traded and obviously I did like what I see from I uh, saw from John Wall in the preseason, but I still need to see more. I still need to see him be healthy for a season because uh, even if he is looking good, he still needs to stay on the floor, which is something I'm definitely still worried about. And then Chris Paul and Devin Booker, uh, some a duo who I put into heavy, heavy consideration. I was definitely flipping back and forth from uh, 10th and uh, Chris Paul and Devin Booker. I just think Chris Ball might regress a little bit this year. Like, he had a phenomenal season last year. I was so impressed with everything I saw. But he is getting up there in age. Injury uh, concerns are definitely still a big thing with him, uh, even though he was healthy last year. Uh, So I I definitely could see him taking a step back. And honestly, that wouldn't even be a bad thing because I could see other players on this uh, Phoenix Suns roster ascending. But just specifically as a duo... Uh, I had to leave them just out of the top 10, but they definitely deserve some recognition. At number 10, I have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I just think they're uh, one of the nicest wing duos in the entire league with both their ability to be excellent defenders, guys who can attack the basket and then hit threes at a great rate. Uh, And then Jason Tatum is truly becoming a superstar, an elite shot creator who has a really nice handle, uh, attacks the basket super well showed those abilities to hit those sidestep step back threes that i think really ascended him into uh an upper echelon in the league and then jalen brown uh really took a big step last year uh created created his own shot at a much better rate than we had uh, ever saw him he was shooting the three ball very well still improving his defense he's a great one-on-one defender but he's pretty poor as an off-ball defender and that is definitely still an area of uh, improvement but they are a great uh, wing duo as far as defense and on the offensive side of the ball and I had to put him here because they have great chemistry and both of these guys are ascending they're both going to get better every single season and I'm expecting uh, both of them to take a pretty solid leap especially with the absence of Kemba Walker they're going to have more responsibility and I think all that's going to uh, do for them is make them put up bigger numbers and grow as players. So I'm really excited to see how those two play this season. Uh, number nine, I got Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal. They're just one of the most uh, solidified duos in the league as two guys who can really, really score the ball. Uh, Russell Westbrook, pretty good playmaker as well. Both of them are definitely Uh, Far from great defenders, but they're just so solidified as two of the better scorers in the entire league. And at the end of the day, they're going to lead you uh, to getting wins in the regular season. So I put them at number 9. Uh, I could definitely see the argument for them being much lower. I could see you thinking a duo like Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum could be over them. And I completely understand the rationale of that. We're going to need to see these two play on the court. But I'm just expecting a lot out of them. I think Bradley Beal as more of an off-ball player, again, is going to thrive as that. His efficiency is going to be even better. And I think Russell Westbrook is just in for a really good season with the fit of Bradley Beal next to him and the fit of the team as a whole. Uh, number eight I got Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid probably one of the worst fitting duos uh, on this entire list but they just have so much talent that I had to I had to put them in the top 10 they're too good not to these these two guys are two top like 17 players in the entire league Uh, Ben Simmons is one of the best defenders who can truly guard one through five rebound run the floor has one of the best handles for a 610 guy I've I've ever seen he's truly a special talent who I think if he was built around with just all shooters could put up some just absolutely ridiculous numbers and then Joel Embiid is one of the most skilled post players we've seen in a long long time has excellent footwork has great touch around the basket A great rebounder and then another elite defender on this roster the only issue with these two guys is they both have their injury history for sure and Ben Simmons isn't as concerning as Joel Embiid but it's starting to build up a little more and then Joel Embiid's uh, health is just always a concern because even if he's on the court it's about him being 100% and being the most impactful player that he can be. But they're just too talented for me not to put them on here. And they're too good on the defensive side of the ball as well. This easily one of the best defensive duos in the league. At number 7, I got Luka Doncic and Kristaps for Zingis. Uh, Luka Doncic is my favorite player in the league, and I just think he's a phenomenal player in for an even uh, better third season than his crazy second season. Uh, Chris Stapps is going to be out for the first probably uh, month or so, so I think uh is going to put up some ridiculous numbers when he's gone. He's going to be asked to do a lot, and I think he by himself can lead the Mavericks to being a pretty solid team. And then when Kristaps stapps is back, I think when Chris stapps is on the floor, he's easily one of the most talented guys in the entire league. He's, I mean, he's 7'3 and can shoot the hell out of the three ball. Uh, doesn't shoot like a great percentage, but you got to consider a lot of these are deep. And he takes a lot of attempts as well. Uh, he could shoot the th- three ball off the dribble too, which is so impressive as his size. He could take other bigs off the dribble and attack the basket. He's an elite shot blocker. Is Has improved as a rebounder, rebounder every year and is getting stronger and stronger. And we saw him in the bubble before his injury be a dominant force uh, for the Mavericks. He was playing some ridiculous basketball. I was averaging like 30 and 10. And we really saw the chemistry of Luka and Porzingis, which was something that wasn't great earlier in the season as they just couldn't seem to get on the uh, same page for like a full game. We saw that fully click and then be a scary, scary duo. So I'm really excited to see uh, Chris Stapp's healthy. And I think this is one of the best duos in the entire league. At number six, I got Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. I'm expecting another great season from uh, both of these two. I'm expecting Bam Adebayo to continue to progress. Uh, Progress forward to being one of the best bigs in the entire league. I mean, he's just such a versatile guy who could do literally everything out there other than shoot, which is something I definitely could see him do sooner rather than later as he showed some flashes in the Celtics series of the the ability to have a nice uh, mid-range game. And people within that organization have raved about his ability to shoot the three ball for years now. Uh, It's just something that he hasn't uh, fully understood. Uh, unleashed yet but he's a big who can handle the ball uh, really really well is an excellent playmaker so versatile as a defender can guard a one through five he's one of the rare guys that I would give that title to an amazing rebounder good post player as well and is a really good uh, threat in the pick and roll as he's just super athletic and and is a great lob target was killing the celtics in the pick and roll last year and then jimmy butler is coming off one of the most impressive runs we've seen in a long long time he played amazing in the finals is one of the best leaders in the entire league uh And he's just a great clutch player who uh, is always willing to step up to the occasion. Basically, the only weakness to his game is that he kind of stopped shooting three-pointers last year. Uh, He did show a bit of an ability to hit those in the playoffs and hit some in big, big moments. But he isn't a great three-point shooter. But basically, every other part of his game is great he's an amazing ball handler works really well in the pick and roll uh is one of the best free throw generators in the entire league an elite wing defender uh i just love this duo they fit super well together and they're both individually great players at number five we got nicole jokic and DeMar murray i think this duo has one of the best chemistries in the entire league uh, they work so well in the pick and roll together and they're just two elite offensive weapons like uh they're they're definitely a different duo to a lot of these uh, guys because the center is the playmaker in this one, and then the point guard is the scorer, which is super interesting to watch and is always so fun to watch because Nikola Jokic is just one of the most unique players we've ever seen, and is one of the more talented players we've ever seen with his ability to playmake, But he's also one of the best post scores in the entire league. Has the ability, even though it's pretty inconsistent, to shoot the three ball. Uh, is a great rebounder as well and isn't terrible on the defensive side of the ball like i feel like his defense is a lot of times blown out of proportion he isn't a great defender by any means but he isn't a terrible defender either and then jamal murray really emerged in the bubble i'm expecting big things out of him this season i'm expecting him to be a big time scorer. who's hitting really tough three balls off the dribble uh contested step backs and I think that's going to be the uh, part of his game that really helps him take that next leap. I'm just expecting big things out of both these guys. I think Nikola Jokic is going to be an MVP candidate. And I'm really excited to watch this duo. Again, they're so so fun and they're so good as well. And number four, I got Giannis and Chris Middleton. Uh, Giannis reigning two times MVP, Defensive Player of the Year as well. I mean, that's all I have to say. And then Chris Middleton is coming off a really good season where he averaged nearly 50-40-90. His efficiency was awesome. He uh, improved as a playmaker a little bit as well and then scored around 20 points while playing really good wing defense. Uh, He's just a really nice second option to have. And now that they have Drew Holiday too, they can play like a 2A and 2B role. I think they're both on a similar tier. So I just put Chris Middleton here because he has that solidified chemistry with Giannis. And we've seen them consistently uh, win a large amount of games in the regular season. They definitely need to step up and play better in the playoffs. Uh, Do not get me wrong, like if they get... Uh, booted in the second round or the conference finals again, that's going to be a disappointment. Uh, but this is still a great duo with two really, really good individual players. And they have good chemistry as well. At number three, I have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Now, just as a talent, I think this is an amazing duo. But the chemistry definitely worries me on this roster as a whole. Uh, Kawhi is one of my favorite players in the league. I thought he was the best player in the entire world before LeBron James uh, re. Claimed that throne uh is just one of the the best uh players we've ever seen as a guy who is an elite scorer, who uh, can hit really tough shots consistently who uh, finishes at the basket well whose playmaking improved with the clippers great rebounder his defense honestly has become like slightly overrated but he's still an elite wing defender uh, uh he just doesn't put as much attention on that side of the ball anymore as so he's more an offense more of an offensively focused player and then Paul George as much hate as he gets and he has been a consistent underperformer in the playoffs these past couple of years and he, d- he just doesn't get any pass for the way he played uh, in certain series last year like he had some really bad moments against the Dallas Mavericks and had a pretty rough series as a whole and then even though he didn't play horrible as a whole against the Nuggets uh, they blew that 3-1 lead and he was terrible in game 7 just like Kawhi but he's still a super talented player who can uh, hit the three ball better than almost anyone in the entire league is still an amazing wing defender as well. And I hope uh, this duo bounces back, but I just can't really trust them. That's why I haven't met number three and number two, I have Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. I would have had them lower before I saw the preseason action. And I understand it's just preseason, but man, this duo looked nice. Kevin Durant looks like he's back He really looks like he hasn't missed a beat, uh, was scorned uh, the way that Kevin Durant has always done, Uh, was showing that pull-up game. He was just doing everything that you'd expect out of Kevin Durant, which was awesome to see after his big injury and him not playing for so long. And then Kyrie Irving was doing everything that you'd expect out of him, showing off that crazy handle, uh, his ability to be one of the best shooters in the entire league while still being one of the best finishers as well with either hand. Like He's so crafty, and he's just one of the most skilled offensive players we've ever seen. So I'm expecting big things out of out of this duo Uh, and i'm definitely higher on them now that i actually saw them in action and i'm really excited to watch them play this season and at number one easy pick it's lebron james and anthony davis i mean as individual talents they're two top five to six players in the entire league and then they have an amazing chemistry and fit as well they work so well in the pick and roll and they just feed off each other so well uh They're just both amazing players, and I'm expecting them to repeat this season, and it's because of how damn good that duo is. Now I want to talk about Rudy Gobert's extension and my thoughts on it. Rudy Gobert just got one of the biggest contracts in NBA history, the biggest for a big man ever, getting a five-year $205 million extension with the Utah Jazz, which is just an absolutely crazy number for him. And though the Utah Jazz absolutely had to do this and they were stuck in a really, really weird uh, position with Rudy Gobert and just with their roster construction as a whole, even though they had to do this, I still think it's a big, big uh, mistake for this uh, roster because you have so clearly put a ceiling on this roster and that ceiling is just being consistently a good team who is a second round exit unless donovan mitchell raises to a level that i just don't think he can raise to because uh, rudy gobert is ceiling as one of the best defenders in the entire league and a pretty average offensive player like he's not getting any better from here and he's a great player top 25 player in the league Uh, But I don't expect any, like, leaps from Rudy Gobert. I don't expect him to have a jump shot or to be a playmaker or to be a better defender because he's already so good on that side of the ball. And then Donovan Mitchell is another great player who I'm expecting to get better, but I don't think he can reach the ceiling of being, like, a top 10 player. I just think there's a lot of other players who have more potential than him and are already better currently. Uh, So it's just... Again, you very clearly have put a ceiling on this roster to being just a good but not great team. And you can be completely fine with that. Like, you're going to consistently sell tickets. You're going to consistently be a playoff-level team because Rudy Gobert will lead you to regular season wins. I mean, that man is one of the best defensive players in the entire league great rebounder as well an elite screen setter probably the best screen setter in the league like he's a great player and i i'm not one of those people who just hates on rudy gobert uh, because he is a, a genuinely a really really talented uh player and one of the better players in the entire league but a 41 million dollar a year extension for a guy like him where he, It's not easy to come by necessarily, but you could get someone that fits that same role of being a really good defender and then being a solid offensive player for much less. Uh, I just, again, think you put such a clear cap uh, on your roster of how good they can be, especially with the other contracts you have on this roster. Like Bojan Bogdanovic is a really good player, and he signed on a good contract, but now you don't have flexibility with that. Uh, Mike Conley, maybe if Mike Conley was the player we saw uh, for the Grizzlies, where he was like a twenty-one and seven guy, I would have liked this contract more. But especially what we saw out of Mike Conley last year, uh, it makes me like this contract less because he is on still on a big deal, even though it is a short-term deal. But he's just not the player we uh, saw before, and yeah, I'm just honestly not a big fan of this deal at all because it's so much money. And you're putting such a clear ceiling on your roster because I – you definitely don't have a brighter future than the mavericks the lakers are much better right now i think the clippers are better now i think that the nuggets are better now and have a brighter future i think the blazers are better now i think the warriors uh could fight with you now and uh have a brighter future due to a guy like james wiseman uh and the minnesota pick that they have you just put yourself in this position of being a good but not great team for a long long time and again you could sell tickets with that and you're going to be a team uh, that consistently uh, is a playoff roster. So if you just value that, that's completely fine, but I just don't like this move. It's just so much money for a player who is very, very good, but he's nowhere near worth that much money no matter what you think out of him. Even if you're one of those people on Twitter who feels like you're a 200 IQ genius because you call someone a casual for not thinking Rudy Gobert is just this amazing player and then you bring up a bunch of advanced numbers. Like, No matter what, he's not a top 20 player in the league uh, because he just doesn't have a good enough offensive game to be that like he's basically deandre jordan on the offensive side of the ball uh, and then is an elite defender i just don't like this contract extension and i think it just puts such a clear cap on this roster and again it's valuable to be where they are but it's not it's not the place i would want to be i'll just i'll just leave it at that now getting into some over unders for the 2021 nba season first starting off with the eastern conference I got this off of Vegas betting. The Milwaukee Bucks are at 49 and a half wins. And you also you have to consider this is a 72 game season. So if I say if I said they were over, they would have to be fifty and twenty-two or better. And I'm picking the over for the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, they just have such a good roster, and they've consistently been so good in the regular season. Like honestly, I wouldn't want them to be that great this regular season because I would want them to be rested into the playoffs, and I would want them to have to like fight through that adversary of having really close games and uh, having to uh, finish off the game by hitting like a tough shot because that's consistently been the issue is that they really just don't know how to close games because they blow out everyone in the regular season like they consistently destroy everyone in the regular season but i expect them to just be great again like 50 and 22 is very very reasonable especially considering how they performed and the roster got better with the addition of drew holiday and i think guys like uh I think guys are on this roster are going to improve. I think Giannis is going to take a step forward. I think Dante DiVincenzo is going to be a nice piece on this roster. I think their depth got better with some nice pickups like a DJ Augustine, Bryn Forbes. Uh, tory craig bobby portis they just got a lot of really nice pieces on this roster and i definitely could see the rationale of them being like a 49 win team because you could consider that the chemistry might not click fully uh at first but with an mvp on your roster and with the amount of talent they have i had to pick the over on this one uh for my boston celtics they have 45 and a half wins i actually picked the under on this one and i don't think it's gonna be like a big time under i don't think they're uh, gonna be like a terrible team by any means, but I think I think like a 45 and 27 record is uh, pretty realistic for this roster, especially just with the absence of Kemba Walker. Uh, them having forty-five and a half w- wins, which is like a top, th- which is one of the best records in the entire league, like a top three record. Uh, I just really don't see that with this roster this year, and with the worries about the health of Kemba Walker. So I just had to pick the under again. Don't think it's gonna be big time. I think they'll probably be like forty-five and twenty-seven or forty-four and twenty-eight, and that'll be a really nice ros- uh, record to have for this roster, and that'll be completely fine. Uh, for the Brooklyn Nets, they have 45.5 wins, and I actually picked the over on this one. Uh, I just love what I saw from the Brooklyn Nets in preseason so much. It gave me much more confidence in this team, and I still don't know if they're going to uh, go all in for the regular season, and that's why I could definitely see you picking the under or uh, just considering them to be around a forty five win team, uh, but I had to pick the over just because I love what I saw f- so much from uh, their top two guys, and then I really like the role that Spencer Dinwiddie was playing as more of a facilitator, and then a, a third guy who could score, and then Karis LeVert will be a really nice uh, guy, and I think he's coming off the bench this season. I think he'll just be a really nice scorer off the bench. Uh, and then they got those two nice centers as well. So I just love what I saw out of them. And I'm much higher on the Brooklyn Nets now than what I saw after preseason. Uh, for the Philadelphia 76ers, they got 45.5 wins as well. Definitely had to pick the under on that. Um, I just think they shouldn't go super hard in the regular season considering the health uh, scares of their two young stars, especially with a guy like Joel Embiid. And I think it's going to take uh, a little bit for this roster uh, to gel fully just because they have a lot of new pieces they have a lot of interchanging stuff like new coach a ton of new players on this roster and i think it fits much better than last year don't get me wrong i think they have a better coach but it may take a little bit and i just don't think they're going to be a crazy regular season team because we'll probably see joel and Bede, uh rest a little bit um, maybe a, one of them gets injured obviously i'm hoping for that not to happen, but you have to consider it just uh, considering their injury history. But I do expect them to be a very solid team. I just think some other rosters will have better records than them. Uh, for the Miami Heat, they have 44.5 wins. Definitely picked over on this one. Uh, I could understand why people don't think they're going to be a great regular season team considering they weren't a great regular season team last year. But I just expect a lot of guys on this roster to take uh, steps forward, notable steps forward, like a Tyler Hero, like a Bam Adebayo, even guys that could come off uh, uh, off the bench and come out of nowhere for them yet again, like a KZ uh uh, I just think they have so much talent on this roster, as well as being so well coached. That I just I think they're gonna have a really good regular season, be around a 45, 46 win team, uh, and just be super solid in the Eastern Conference. Uh, the Toronto Raptors, they have a 41 and a half. Uh, I picked the over on this one. I expect them to go like 42 and 30. They're just a super solid roster, and they consistently have been really good these past couple. of Uh, of seasons and they're just so well coached as well that uh even though i don't think they have the top tier talent to be a true contender in the eastern conference i definitely expect them to be a really good regular season team and be a team that uh beats a lot of rosters that are more talented than them just due to uh, how well coached they are and how good that culture is over there uh for the for the indiana pacers they have 39 and a half wins and i picked the under on this one i'm just really not high on the indiana pacers going into the season to be honest and that may be unfair to them because they have a lot of talent on this roster but just with the way they stayed so stagnant well almost every other roster in the league got better and with the weird stuff that happened last year with the whole Victor Aldepo situation that was that was a mess and then and it came out that Miles Turner was rumored in trades like there's a lot of just question marks around this roster going into the season they got a new coach as well who I really don't know uh, much about much about at all they just have so many questions and i just don't think they're going to be that great of a team this season they definitely could prove me wrong and be the Pacers we've seen the past couple seasons where they're consistently a really good regular season roster but I just really don't believe in them going into the season to be honest uh for the Atlanta Hawks they have them at 36 and a half wins and I picked the under just a slight under though I don't think they're gonna be much worse than this I just think they're gonna go like 36 and 36 because uh, there's still a lot of questions with this roster especially on the defensive side of the ball with Trey Young at the helm Uh, and then there's a lot of questions with me for how good a lot of these younger players are this is one of those teams that I could see blossom and be much better than most people expected but I could also just see them being a pretty average team fighting for that eighth or ninth seed Uh, and I just think there's going to uh definitely be some time to gel for this roster because they had they picked up so many new pieces i don't know how good of a coach lloyd pierce is and that's something that definitely is a big question for me going into this season and that's why i just picked the under i just think it's going to take a little bit of time with this roster uh for the washington wizards they have met 32 and a half wins definitely pick the over on this one Uh, i just think Uh, they're going to be a really good regular season team because at the end of the day Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook are going to lead you to wins that duo is still really really talented no matter what you think of those two guys they're two of the best uh, scorers in the league they're going to be one of the best scoring duos and they just have so much offense on that roster I can completely understand why you're worried about them on the defensive side of the ball because like their defense is Very, very scary, Uh, but they have so many good offensive pieces that I think they're going to be such a high-powered team with a crazy uh, scoring backcourt like Russell Westbrook, Bradley Beal. You got Denny in there. You got Thomas Bryant, who's a great offensive center. Uh, There's just a lot of shooting on this roster and a lot of great offense, so I'm expecting them to actually be a really, really good regular season team. For the Orlando Magic, they have them at half wins. Definitely pick the under on this one. I just think this is finally going to be the year where the Orlando Magic take a step back, and that's largely in part due to the Jonathan Isaac injury. Jonathan Isaac is one of the best uh, defenders in the entire league, as well as an improving offensive player every year, but he's going to be out for the entire season for this team. They're still going to be a solid enough team, I think, just due to how good Nikola Vucevic is on the offensive side of the ball. I'm expecting a good rookie season out of Cole Anthony, I'm expecting a step for Markel Fultz and hopefully a step for Mo Bamba we'll see Chumo Kiki uh, play as a rookie as well but I just don't believe in this roster to be that great this season to be honest. Uh, for the Chicago Bulls, they have 30 and a half wins. I picked under. It's another one that's just a slight under. Like I'd probably have them going like 30 and 42. Uh, and I think they could definitely fight to be that 10th seed uh, in the Eastern Conference. They clearly have talent on this roster with Zach Levine, Kobe White, Lowry Mark, and then Patrick Williams, Wendell Carter Jr. Like They have a lot of talent on this roster. Uh, but I'm always worried about health with these guys because a lot of these guys has, have consistently dealt with injuries, and I just don't know how consistent they'll be because you got to consider they still have a lot of young guys on this roster. Uh, but I think they'll be a solid team that fights for a playing spot this season. Uh, for the Charlotte Hornets, they have 25 and a half wins. That's an easy over for me. I'm expecting massive things out of Lamelo Ball in his rookie season. Gordon Hayward will be consistent as ever as long as he's uh, somewhat healthy. Uh, He's just a guy who I expect to consistently average like 17, 5, and 5 on really good efficiency. Uh, Devontae Graham will be in for another great season. Uh, Terry Rozier will be solid. P.J. Washington is nice. Uh, Miles Bridges is nice. Like, they have so many good pieces on this roster. So I just expect them to honestly be a pretty solid team, especially considering their coaching as well. James Borrego is a really good coach who led a pretty uh, lacking of talent roster. Roster in the previous season to actually be a pretty solid team, so I'm expecting the Charlotte Hornets to be actually pretty nice this season. For the Detroit Pistons, they have 23 and a half wins. I picked the under on this one. I just really don't trust uh, Blake Griffin's health. Like if Br- Blake Griffin, I knew would be healthy, it'd be the player that we saw two years ago. I would think this team would actually be pretty solid, but I just can't trust his health. And I think they're gonna trade a lot of the those veterans on the roster uh, midseason for picks and for future assets because they're clearly going in the direction of a rebuild and they have some really nice pieces to start off the rebuild and the guy like Sadiq Bey, Sekou Deboya, Killian Hayes like they have a, a lot of really nice pieces to build on uh, but I just don't think they're going to be great this season I think some of those rookies may struggle out the gate like Killian Hayes is going to be the starting guard and I think he's definitely going to uh, be off to a little bit of a rocky start because he's a bit of a project for sure and I just don't think they're going to be that good of a team and I think they're going to know that so they're going to trade a lot of those good players on the roster if they can they're going to trade a guy like Derek Rose um, maybe even some of their signings this offseason after the, for the New York Knicks they have twenty two and a half. I picked the under on this one I just really don't th- like the fit in this roster at all mm-hmm. if I'm being honest like I I don't like how this roster fits at all I think A lot of these pieces don't fit well together. Like, R.J. Barrett is a guy who thrives at slashing at the basket and is a really good slasher, but they put a lot of guys around him who just can't shoot the ball very well. Alfred Payton can't shoot to save his life, and I hate that they re-sign him. And honestly, they just have a lack of talent on this roster. Like, I just don't think Julius Randle's impactful to winning at all. Like, no matter what numbers he puts up, he consistently... Um, makes really, really boneheaded mistakes and uh, throws terrible turnovers. He's an atrocious defender who just shows no effort on that side of the ball. Uh, and then they have a lot of young players on this roster who are still super unproven and who I, I don't think are uh, conclusive to winning, at least at this point in their career. So I just I just don't have high expectations at all for the New York Knicks this season. And for the Cavaliers, they also have 22.5 wins, and I also picked the under on this one. Like, Andre Jumman is a great rebounder, but I just don't know how impactful he is to win. And Kevin Love has dealt with a lot of injuries in the past couple seasons and isn't the player he used to be. Uh, I, I'm expecting a nice season out of Darius Garland and Colin Sexton, but I don't think that backcourt together is uh, really going to be conclusive to winning at this point due to how bad of defenders they are. Darius Garland was, I think, statistically, like one of, if not the worst defender in the entire league last year. And that's. That's a yikes, considering that Trey Young plays uh, in this league like that. You're the worst defender behind Trey Young. Um, I just think they're going to be really bad on the off on the defensive side of the ball. I think Isaac is going to help that, but there's too many poor uh, defenders on this roster for me to be confident in them at all to be a good team. And I just think they're going to have another really rough season. Uh, for the Western Conference, the Los Angeles Lakers are projected with 46.5 wins. Definitely pick the over on this one, uh, even though I think they'll probably chill a little bit in the regular season, just considering uh, the fact that they had such a short offseason and... Uh, The fact that LeBron is probably going to rest some games, but I still think they're just going to be so good, especially considering their new pickups. They're going to help in a game where LeBron maybe plays limited minutes or he even rests. And then AD, I'm expecting an amazing season out of him. They just have so much talent on this roster that even if they take it easy in the regular season, I still think they're going to have one of the best records. So definitely pick the over on this one. Uh, for the Los Angeles Clippers, they have 45 and a half wins, and this was an easy under for me. If you know me, I'm pretty low on this team coming into this season. Like, they have pieces on this roster that I like, but I'm worried about the chemistry. I'm worried about the coaching as well, because I, I still don't know how good of a coach Ty Lue is. Uh, and honestly, I think we're going to still see some uh, resting or some injuries out of these two-star players, because Kawhi, you're always going to have to load manage him, because – That injury he has is legitimately very, very concerning. And at certain points in the playoffs last year, he looked rough. And he looked like that injury was very clearly hampering him and affecting him. So you're going to have to rest him. Uh, PG's had a ton of health issues these past couple years, especially with uh, those shoulders. Uh, And Honestly, I'm just not high on this roster coming into the season. Like They made good additions. I thought Serge Ibaka was a great pickup. I thought Luke Gennard was a great pickup. Uh, but I'm just not high on them, and I'm a lot higher on other teams in this conference. Uh, f- at number three, they have the Denver Nuggets going uh, with 44.5 wins. Definitely picked over on that one. I'm just expecting a really good se- uh, regular season out of the Denver Nuggets. I just think uh, Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic are both going to be amazing this season. I think Michael Porter Jr. is in for a really, really nice second season. Uh, and they just have so much talent on this roster like they obviously did lose Jeremy Grant but uh, I think they have a lot of guys who can step up I think Will Barton will be nice now that he's back healthy for them Gary Harris will be good on the defensive side of the ball hopefully we'll see some bowl bowl action Uh, they'll just be a nice team and I'm expecting the over for them For the Dallas Mavericks, they have 42.5 wins. And if you know me, I'm very, very high on the Mavericks. So, had to pick the over on this one. I'm expecting huge things out of them. I'm expecting them to be a top three seed in this conference uh, and be a team... That is really, really uh, scary for other teams to face. I just think they're so, so talented. I think Luka Doncic is in for a ridiculous MVP season. They got more defenders on this roster with guys like Josh Richardson. They killed it in the draft as well and got some guys that I think could immediately play uh, minutes for them. They have so much talent as well as being amazingly coached with Rick uh, Carlisle at the helm. They have great ownership who will be willing to make moves at the deadline if they see anything uh, that is a flaw to this roster. i don't think everything about this Mavericks team is great. I'm still worried about Chris epps health for sure, but this roster is just really, really nice, and I'm expecting big, big things out of him. Uh at number five, they got the Utah Jazz with 42 and a half wins. I picked the under on this one, and this is less to do about them and more to do about, I just think, the Western Conference improved a lot, and I think there's rosters that are better than them. But they'll be a, a good regular season team, as they always are. Uh, but I'm just expecting around, like, 40 and 32 instead of the 42.5 that they have. So definitely pick the under on this one. Uh, number six they got the Portland Trailblazers was 41 and a half I picked the over on this one uh, I think they made some really nice improvements in this off season, and I'm expecting a great season out of them where Damian Lillard is fighting for the MVP I think he's in for a great season I think CJ is going to be great the pickup of Robert Covington was massive for them Yusuf Nurkic will be back healthy for a whole season and I just think they're going to be amazing this season they'll be great on the offensive side of the ball and I think they'll be serviceable enough on defense Uh, so I'm expecting good things out of them. Uh, For the Phoenix Suns, they got 38.5, and I picked the over for this one. I am really high on the Phoenix Suns going into the season. I just think that backcourt is going to be phenomenal. Uh, I think DeAndre Ayton is going to have a great season with Chris Paul being that playmaker for him. And then they got really good wing defenders who can shoot the ball. And a guy like Jay Crowder... um, And a guy like Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson. This roster just fits so seamlessly together. And then it has great coaching as well. And a guy like Monty Williams. So I'm really high on them going into the season. Uh, Number 8, they have the Golden State Warriors with 36.5. Definitely picked the over on this one. What I saw out of Steph Curry in the preseason was really, really impressive. Uh, He looked great. looked back to MVP form. And I'm expecting an amazing season out of Steph Curry in this one. I I hope j Green is good as well. I think with a top five player like Steph Curry on your roster and him having at least serviceable help around uh, him, a lot of people are underrating this team, and I think they'll be pretty good this season. Uh, Number nine, they got the Pelicans with 36.5 wins. I picked the over on this one. This is all hinging on Zion Williamson's health, but if he's healthy, I'm expecting an amazing season from him, Uh, as well as Brandon Ingram. I think Lonzo Ball will be really nice. J.J. Redick will be that shooter for them. Uh, Steven Adams, even though he has a very questionable fit on this roster, uh, he's still a solid center who... Uh, It was definitely a decent pickup for them. And they just have a lot of talent on this roster. A lot of young guys that I expect to emerge. And I'm expecting a really good season out of them this year. Uh, At number 10, they have the Houston Rockets with 34.5 wins. I picked the over. This has always been just such a weird one for me to pick uh anytime i talk about the houston rockets it's just always confusion because i I never know when james harden is going to be out from this roster Uh, so i expect them to be a solid team when he's there and honestly i think they'll be a pretty good team uh whenever he leaves as well because i think it's inevitable that if he gets traded it's going to be for a pretty good package and if it's for someone like ben simmons per se then they're going to be a really good team still with boogie with christian wood with john wall uh, with shooters like Eric Gordon, like they have still good talent on this roster. And I think Stefan Silas will be a really good coach as well. So I'm expecting them to be uh, per, like a uh, 500 team this season. Uh, it's just all depending on James Harden, though. Uh, for the Memphis Grizzlies, they met 30.5. I picked the over on this one. I could definitely understand why they're this low, considering the Jaron Jackson Jr. injury, and we don't know when he's coming back. But I'm just expecting really big things out of John Morant, and I think still having uh, Jonas Valanciunas at the center, then having Brandon Clark at the four as well. I think they'll still be a pretty solid team uh, that is uh, a decent roster who goes like 33 and 39 like they'll be they'll be a decent enough team uh for the san antonio spurs they have them at 29 and a half wins i picked the under on this one i'm just really not high on this roster going into the season like i like a lot of the pieces uh but i just don't think they play a modern style of basketball at all uh i i just don't think uh demar rosen is the player he used to be or lamarcus aldridge is the player he used to be and I think Pop is the best coach of all time, but he doesn't fit uh, with this roster especially because they're a team that should be going in a rebuilding direction. And I think their lack of top end talent is going to be exposed this year. And I just I think they're going to struggle. I don't think they're going to be that good this season to be honest. Uh, for the Sacramento Kings, they have met 27 and a half wins. Had to pick the under on this one. Uh, the Sacramento Kings definitely have some pieces that I like. I love the Tyrese Halliburton pick. I honestly loved all their picks in the draft. Uh, But I think Buddy Heald will probably be moved at some point or he's just going to be still unhappy on this roster. I think Darren Fox is great, but he can't carry it all on his own. And I just can't trust Marvin Bagley to be healthy for an entire season because he hasn't been at this point in his career. So uh, until I see it, until I see him have a stretch of really good games where he's consistently staying healthy, I'm not just going to blindly believe in it. Uh, Number three. Uh, number 14, they have the Minnesota Timberwolves with 28.5 wins. And I picked the under on this one. I just think their defense is going to really, really struggle this year. I think Anthony Edwards is probably going to have a pretty rocky rookie season. And even though they'll be good on the offensive side of the ball and they have some very clear talent on that roster, I'm honestly just not that high on them going into the season. And I just think that defense is really going to hold them back and they're not going to be good enough on offense to be uh, a great team. And then at all the at number 15 they have the thunder with 22 and a half i'm ex- uh, expecting that to be under uh, i think they do have some pieces on this roster that are actually pretty solid like obviously Shea's really good i think al horford's gonna have a good season but i just think they're going into more of a tanking direction i think they're just trying to focus on getting themselves the highest odds possible to get uh a a guy like Cade Cunningham so I just don't expect them to be a great roster this season but they have a super bright future and they do have some pieces on this roster that are still pretty nice now getting in to some NFL talk uh, first game I want to discuss is Cardinals versus Eagles Jalen Hurts looked amazing in this one he's really given this eagles team that isn't very good he's given them some life uh he was great in this one completed 22 of 44 passes 338 yards three touchdowns no interceptions also had 11 rushes for 63 yards and a touchdown and i just love what i saw from jalen Hurts so far like he is he the perfect quarterback by no means like he had that intentional grounding that led to a safety which was a really bad play by him uh but he's overall just played a really nice game as a whole uh his passing isn't perfect by any means but they're putting him in the right position with him rolling out and he's actually throwing some really nice passes getting uh his receivers the ball in the correct spot and then he adds a whole another uh thing of creativity to them with his ability to rush the football so well and then Uh, even though Carson Wentz is a really talented quarterback, it's his mental mistakes that have killed the Eagles this entire season so far. And Jalen Hurts, at least, he does not make these mental mistakes. Like He just makes the right play a lot of the times, which is uh, more important than making the big play. A lot of times, he's just willing to throw away the ball. He's uh, willing to just take a sack. Carson Wentz would way too many times try and be the superhero. And even though that that led to some beautiful phenomenal plays that are highlight plays on sports center a lot of the times that led to really bad stuff where he was losing 10 yards or he Uh, would just get hit for no reason and then put himself in a position to get injured again like uh, Jalen Hurts just makes a smart plays and he looked really good he really kept uh, this team in the game where they were at a big disadvantage as far as talent like they played a better game than the Arizona Cardinals but the Arizona Cardinals just had more talent Uh, and yeah I was really impressed with uh, Jalen Hurts Miles Sanders was also solid in this one averaged almost four yards per carry got 64 yards uh, the receivers, Zach Ertz, had two receptions for 69. Alshon Jeffrey had uh, two for 63. Jalen Rager had five for 49. He continues to just be not that impressive. Like, uh, I really didn't like that pick at the time that much, and I am I like it less every game, considering a guy like Justin Jefferson, Brandon Ayuk was behind them. Uh, uh, Quez Watkins had a touchdown. Dallas Goddard got involved as well. Uh, Travis Fulgham. Uh, got two receptions for 30 yards. And then Greg Ward had uh, two touchdowns on four catches for only 15 yards. Jalen Hurts did uh, fumble three times, and that definitely could have hurt them. None of those ended up being turnovers, but he's got to figure that out. Is uh, Fumbling has definitely been an issue with him. It was an issue in college as well, especially considering he's a, a scrambling quarterback. He's got to get that uh, on lock. And that's something that is definitely worrying about him. But hopefully he'll get that figured out. Uh, Marcus Epps had an interception. Uh, They got not that much pressure on the quarterback. But honestly, Kyler Murray made a lot of mistakes. And they played pretty solid defense as a whole considering a guy like Darius Slay was out. Like Even though uh, DeAndre Hopkins had an amazing game with nine receptions for 169 yards and a touchdown, a lot of those were well-covered plays. But DeAndre Hopkins is just so damn good that he made so many big plays, like, he, at this point, he's taking uh, the throne away for, uh, from Julio Jones of being the best receiver in the league, DeAndre Hopkins has been ridiculous this entire season, and he had another great game, like, again, these were well-covered plays, and Kyler Murray could just always trust throwing it up to De- DeAndre Hopkins, because he's just that special of a player, uh, Kyler Murray Was actually uh, pretty solid in this one, but did make some mistakes here and there that could have uh, been very costly to them. Threw an interception. Still had 406 yards and three touchdowns, though, as well as having a touchdown on the ground. Like, he was still uh, very, very solid in this one. The running game wasn't super effective as Kenyon Drake definitely struggled. But uh, Chase Edmonds did average uh, 4.3 yards per carry, which was nice for them. And like I said, DeAndre Hopkins had a great game. Uh, Dan Arnold had a pretty good game uh larry fitz got a touchdown in there chase Edmonds got a touchdown at uh of the backfield as a catcher as well and uh kyler murray did fumble twice lost one of them and deandre hopkins fumbled as well which they lost those turnovers definitely could have been costly but at the end of the day their talent overpowered them they did get after jalen hurts very well uh got a good amount of sacks in there and uh Overall, they played a decent game. They just were, at the end of the day, the more talented team. I still don't trust Arizona in like a big playoff game due to their inexperience and due to the uh, coaching, which I definitely don't trust. I love what I saw from Jalen Hurts. And he really looks like he's taking away that quarterback spot from Carson Wentz, which puts the Eagles in a super interesting position because it came out that Carson Wentz uh, wants to be traded if he is not the starting quarterback next season. And some teams have inquired about him, so that'll be really exciting to see. Uh, I think a team like the Colts, which has been a team that Carson Wentz has been attached to a lot as a, a potential trade candidate, would honestly be a really good fit for both sides Uh, because they need a quarterback for the future they do have some talent on that roster i think they're really well coached uh, and that would definitely be interesting to see Um, i'm really excited to see what happens with that whole situation Uh, next thing i want to talk about is chiefs versus saints the game that everybody was excited to watch and it was a pretty exciting one Uh, drew drew brees came back and he honestly didn't play a great game at all completed 15 of 34 passes for 234 yards three touchdowns had an interception like he threw some nice balls in there but overall wasn't great uh, and he just hasn't been great this season as a whole they've definitely been more reliant on uh, alvin kamara and latavius murray in the running game uh Taysom Hill had a rushing touchdown alvin kamara averaged 4.9 yards on the ground also got 40 yards uh and a touchdown Little Jordan Humphrey got a touchdown. Latavius Murray got a touchdown. Uh, they played some pretty solid offense, but definitely weren't great. And you got to be super explosive on the offensive side of the ball to keep up with a team like the Chiefs. Uh, they did fumble. Uh, they did have a fumble recovery, and they played solid defense as a whole. They were really getting at, after Patrick Mahomes, getting in his face, putting a ton of pressure in him, and that definitely showed the probably biggest weakness with this entire chiefs team which is their offensive line uh they were again just really getting after him they sacked him three times and there was many more times where he could barely get rid of the ball i was super impressed with uh their ability to get after him and that was really nice to see uh but their offense just stalled far too often like thomas said, had to punt eight times in this one and that that's just not good at all for them uh but their defense has been so good like it has been the entire year where it kept them in the game against such a good Chiefs team. Patrick Mahomes completed 26 of 47 passes for 253 yards and three touchdowns. Like I said, he was really getting pressured in this one, and he had to uh, throw the ball away a lot. He was uh, getting hit so many times, and that was uh, really impressive on the Saints part, but it was also worrying to see how poor the uh, blocking was frequently for this roster. Uh, and Clyde Edwards-Lair had a really good game, averaged 5.6 yards, uh, got 79 yards. Uh, Le'Veon Bell had a touchdown, had 62 yards. Overall, their running game was very, very effective. Travis Kelsey continues his awesome season, uh, had 68 yards and a touchdown. Tyree Kill had 53 yards and a touchdown. McCole Hardman also had a touchdown in there. Patrick Mahomes did have two fumbles, uh, which they did lose one of them. Uh, LeJarius Sneed got an interception for them, though. Uh, and they really didn't get much pressure, uh, after Drew Brees, but Drew Brees was just making a lot of poor throws, uh, and they were covering pretty well, which you got to give them credit for, for sure. And overall, I mean, they're just a better team. They're the best team in the NFL. And I've consistently stayed with that. I've consistently been confident, uh, in that. And this was just another good performance from them. Uh, and, and yeah, I was impressed with how the kansas city chiefs played in this one and they pulled out the win over a very good saints team next game i want to talk about is bills versus broncos the broncos are truly looking like a serious contender in this one obviously broncos aren't a great team by any means but they blew their asses out 48 to 19 win over them completed 28 of 40 passes Uh, for 359 yards and two touchdowns josh allen had an awesome game in this one uh he's really looking like an mvp candidate and has just had an amazing season i gotta give a ton of credit to him because he was someone i was pretty critical of but he played great he also had two touchdowns on the ground uh three carries 33 yards devin singletary had a touchdown had 68 yards Uh, Stephon Diggs continues his amazing season. He's been so impactful for this roster and has been a big reason why they're this good. Like, obviously, they had to trade value and they traded away the chance to get Justin Jefferson to get Stephon Diggs. But Stephon Diggs is straight up a phenomenal player. He had 11 receptions for 147 yards. He's just easily one of the best route runners in the entire league. Uh, while also having great hands, like he just does everything, and he's the full package at the receiver position. Uh, Cole Beasley continues his really good season that he's had. He had eight receptions for 112 yards, and then Dawson Knox had a touchdown. Uh, so did Jake Murrow. Uh, overall, this offense was just completely electric in this game and played so so well. Uh, They're really looking like one of the best offenses in the entire league as they have all year. And I've been super impressed by by the way they've played on that side of the ball. And they've played pretty solid on defense as well. Got some pressure uh, after the QB, made some timely plays. Like, obviously, this isn't much competition for them. They're a way better team than the Broncos considering all the injuries they've dealt with. Uh, Drew Locke... Uh, didn't play great in this game. It didn't play terrible either. Had 132 yards and a touchdown. Uh, completed 20 of 32 passes. It was just a lot of conservative stuff. Uh, and they just don't have the weapons that would allow this offense to be as electric as it could have been. Like, I was so excited to watch the Broncos this season. But all the injuries that they've dealt with have really hurt them and limited what they could have been. Uh, Melvin Gordon had 61 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Noah Fan had a touchdown. Uh, and 68 yards he's had a pretty solid season as a tight end position but overall their uh passing game just really couldn't get going that much and they just weren't uh very electric at all and then got absolutely demolished on defense couldn't get pressure after josh allen and was just getting dotted up by him uh and obviously didn't help that their offense was uh, stolen pretty consistently as well but uh, yeah, the defense just got destroyed. And, and Josh Allen and the Bills are looking like true contenders. They took the crown for the AFC East, which was great for them. First one in a long, long time. And, yeah, they're looking like a top three team in the NFL. Like, other than the Chiefs, I'd would, I would like the Bills more than anyone in the entire NFL. And I think they're true Super Bowl contenders. I just really like what I've seen from them all season. They've been consistently great. And this was another really nice performance out of them. Love what I saw from the Bills in this one. Last game I want to talk about is Giants vs. Browns. Uh, This was a pretty solid game, and I am... All in on the Cleveland Browns, if I'm being totally honest. Baker Mayfield is playing like the number one pick that he was. And it's so exciting to see. As I'm someone who has given Baker a lot of passes and was really high on him coming into this season. And he was disappointing at the beginning of the season. But against a really good Giants defense, he sliced them up. 27 of 32 uh, passes were completed for 297 yards and two touchdowns. He was awesome in this game he played so so well threw so many beautiful balls into tight windows and was just killing this defense I'll he's really getting momentum and this is the exact right time to get momentum he played great in that Ravens game as well even though they ended up losing that was just a crazy game like that didn't take away anything from the Browns. That was just an amazing performance by Lamar uh, and the Ravens as a whole. But, yeah, Baker played awesome in this one yet again. He's really getting momentum going into the playoffs. And I think this Browns team is a legitimate threat to almost any team in the NFL. They're playing like one of the best teams in the entire NFL. And I've just been super impressed by how they've played. Nick Chubb had uh, 50 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Jarvis Landry had a touchdown uh in the air, Austin Hooper had a touchdown as well. Uh, Shard Higgins had a nice game with 76 yards. Donovan People Jones continues to get more involved every week and has honestly been playing some pretty uh, solid football for them. It's been exciting to see him get involved because he's so uh, athletically gifted. Is still a raw player for sure, but. Uh, I just like to see him get more involved and show off that talent that he definitely does have. Uh, and then their defense played very well. I mean, it's a future Giants offense. Like, I'm not going to give them a ton of credit, but they still held, held them to six points. Uh, consistently had that offense stalling. Uh, Cole McCoy uh, threw for 221 yards. Like, he didn't play terrible, but at the end of the day, it's Cole McCoy, and he really doesn't have that many weapons at all. Like, Darius Slayton's super nice uh sterling shepherd's a good player evan ingram is really talented but uh, has pretty poor hands and consistently drops the ball uh, and then their defense got sliced up by baker bayfield and that's a, that's the best part of their team so uh when their offense is struggling the way it does and their defense doesn't play a completely perfect game there was no chance that the giants won and I was just honestly really impressed by how the Browns played. I love how Baker Mayfield is playing. He's shutting everyone up, and I'm also loving he's shutting up himself too. He's not talking. He's just going out there playing football and playing some amazing games right now. I think the Browns are legitimate contenders, uh, and I just love what I've seen from them. They've been playing some great football, uh, and I'm super excited uh, for the future of this uh, team and if they can continue to play the way they uh, have and continue to build that momentum into the playoffs, again, I think they can really, really be a threat and be a team that no one wants to place. Uh, I love what I've seen from this roster. That has been the episode of the Under Pressure Podcast. I hope you enjoyed. It's been Michael. Peace out.